I'm your host, Tyler Sanders, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Greg Watson and Dr. Paul Kelly. And today we're asking the big question, why do we teach the Bible? And I'm going to kick it over to Dr. Watson and answer that. Try to do it in 10 words or less, okay? <laughs> well, why do we teach? Before you say the Bible, let's, let's talk hmm. about why do we teach? Because people need to understand. They need, mm. they need direction um, about mm. the way to live this Christian life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is easy, isn't it, Greg? I mean, for for us to to sort of assume that people are just sort of, you know, they come to know Christ and they're just going to sort of be able to live yeah. a, a Christian life on their own, you know, and and uh, even though they've been raised and totally indoctrinated into this whole system of consumerism and therapeutic life and all these 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 kind of things that they're taught, you know, in our in our contemporary culture that they sort of assume that. But somehow they're just going to by meiosis understand what it right. is that they're supposed to be living as a Christian now. Well, and, you know, we, we, we sit on the learner side of it. We're teaching. Mm. We really are learner focused, which, you know, that's 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 a pretty important position to take. The, the problem is that why, you know, honestly, why do we teach though? Mm-hmm. Um, well, is it because we got Sunday school classes and mm-hmm. you got to have a teacher to teach a Sunday school <laughs> class? And well, the church buys Sunday school literature, so somebody's got to get up there and teach <laughs> it, at least right, read right. it, right? There's got to be more to staying. Now, look, the uh, you know the, the Great Commission says go and make what disciples. Yeah, discipling presupposes teachers, right? The question also is, what is teaching then? Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, I, th- I think one of these days we'll get around to teaching on why do we teach the Bible? Yeah. But why do we teach? What is it? What is it that should motivate us to teach? Yeah. In there. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's 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 really true. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's really kind of funny because one of the uh, Jesus certainly was the Son of God. He certainly was the Messiah. He certainly was, you know, the the sacrificial lamb that that we can say lots and lots of things. But the thing that he got called in the Gospels most often was rabbi or teacher, you know, that, that over and over again, you know, they referred to Jesus as teacher because he was calling them to a fresh life. And, you know, I mean, Jesus used a lot of different approaches to teaching, but the honest truth is, I mean, from the very beginning of his ministry, he starts by collecting a group of people that are going to follow him around so that they can learn from him, you know? Now, I, I don't know that any of us get to be the kind of teachers that Jesus was, where we're teaching with the kind of authority that he, mm. he did, that that we have, uh, we, we we don't get to come, you know, with all of those other things where we're the son of God and the, you know, fulfillment of prophecy right. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But, but definitely there ought to be this sense that those of us who are gifted as teachers are trying to yeah. Help and, people to understand and notice and notice too that he doesn't principalize everything. I mean, every once in a while we get, hey, when you pray, pray in this way. Now, look, I don't think Jesus is saying pray these exact words. I think Jesus is laying a pattern and saying, look, this is the pattern to follow. That tends to be uh, the main scope of Jesus' teaching is not so much this, 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 and this, but look, here's a broad, un, you know, a broad. Uh, scenario for you. Now, 
how do you live this out? You know, how do you mm-hmm. dig into this mm-hmm. to live out? Jesus isn't, isn't taking people mm-hmm. by the hand and leading them, go here, then go here. He's saying, look, here's the broad pattern. Now go live it. Yeah. Go, go live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was I was reading the the uh, Timothy letters not not too long ago and, and was thinking about, you know, we were going to do this podcast and I started thinking about Second um, Timothy three. And of course, you know, the passage that I went back to was the last verse in that the last couple of verses in that that all scripture is inspired by God and, and profitable for a proof and correction. And I think all that's really good. But I started looking at that in the context in which it was set, which seems really kind of interesting to me. I, I don't know. I guess I just never paid attention to that in the same way that I did this time. But it starts out, the chapter starts out, understanding this, in the last days, there will be there will come times of difficulty. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having even an appearance of godliness. He said even the church people having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. You know, he just sort of starts this passage out, not by saying, okay, here's all the things you need to know about scripture, but he starts this passage out by talking about the world that we live in, the way that people live, the, the kinds of life that people come at this. And certainly he doesn't mean that everybody is heartless or that everybody is violent. Certainly that's not what he means, but he does mean that as time progresses, that our tendency as people isn't to get better and better and better, but to get worse and worse and worse, that that we find newer and newer ways to become depraved. Um, and, And he talks about all this. And then he says, avoid such people. But he says, for among them are those who creep into households, capture weak women, burden with sins and lead astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Mm. And then he gives the example of Jonas and John, where he's opposed Moses so that men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all as it was with these two men. All of this stuff is just sort of painting this really difficult, really bad picture for us about what it's like to live on planet Earth. You know, that, that that's the situation that, you know, those of us who are teaching are sort of cast into. But then he starts starts talking to to Timothy and he says, you, however, you've followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering uh, and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which permission I endured, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all. The Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All this stuff he's talking about to Timothy. He's just saying, man, Timothy, you've got something different than that. You're living in a way that's different than that. And you need to double down and continue to do that and shape the people around you so that they're getting the same kind of stuff you do. And then when he starts talking about the word of God, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God, inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Certainly, he means that for Timothy, that, that the word of God is going gonna, is gonna to be equipping you to live that kind of life. But I think these are words that he's giving Timothy that talk about instruction, that talk about how he goes about teaching, that as you're helping people, as you're, you're guiding people towards truth, the word of God is what's going to do that. that, that when you speak from the word of God, when you speak from scripture, that you're able to speak words of correction, that you're able to speak words of reproof, that you're able to help people to become more the people that they're supposed to be um, instead of the people that this world sort of shapes us to be. You know, you and I have talked a lot of times about how um, we, we like to look for those, those very direct propositional things like you shall not kill, yeah, yeah. you shall not murder, shall not commit adultery. You know, those things are very obvious things and they're direct. They're, they're, they, they pretty well speak, speak through themselves. But you know what? Most situations that we face on the day to day are not about adultery and not mm -hmm. about, I mean, mm -hmm. there are a whole world of things out there that, that come in and, and they confuse us, they redirect us, they, they you know, contradict yeah. the things that we hold. And it, it would be nice if we had a specific kitchen to go and address, address each one of those, but that's not the way we live life. Yeah, yeah. We find ourselves in circumstances where we've got a new thing that we're facing. And an understanding of God's Word, reading it, knowing it, and stuff like that, actually gives us a foundation mm. for knowing what to do on the spot. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Do you, you get that? That, yeah. that we're not, yeah. we're not, it's, it's, we've got a trove of stuff to draw on, not that one specific right. weapon for one specific purpose. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, because our, our understanding of the Word of God more and more leads us to a place of wisdom where it's like we can we can look at the Word of God and just like, you know, like the gospel writers did, that we could kind of take these truths that we find and apply them to new situations that we find ourselves in. I say the gospel writers. I guess that was more true of the epistles <laughs> than it was of the gospels. But Well, look, the Bible writers, look, the the... the when they talk about wisdom, they're not talking about these lists. Again, they're not talking about this list of do's and don'ts that make right, you wise. Right. Mm -hmm. And look, wisdom is not something you gain because, hey, I yeah, wanted to be wise now. Or something. Right. Yeah. Wisdom comes, number one, from knowledge, from knowing, sure, having exposed sure. to stuff. Yeah, sure. But it's also out there in life experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's a and, different and, level of knowing. Yeah, and, and wisdom, yeah. wisdom really does involve that knowing how to apply truth to specific situations. I mean, we all know, know people, right, who who are able to take these areas of, of, of truth and apply them like a cudgel, you know, in, yeah. in times when it's not really appropriate, you know. But uh, but but wisdom is knowing when and how to apply truth in, in specific right. situations. I think of it kind of like a police officer 
going into, you know, going into a home where there may have been, you know, a big crime committed. They're going into this situation. Lights are out. They're breaking through a door. They have no idea what they're going to meet on the other side. The stress level is through the roof. Yeah. How do they, especially if somebody steps around the corner with a weapon, how do they respond to that? Look, the only thing it can be is training. Mm-hmm. Not going through the same thing episode, not facing that. It's the training that prepares them for that first so time they encounter. Yeah, it's so good. And the, the the word of God is is kind of in that way. And if we want to call that wisdom, I, I think I think it's a pretty good definition. But yeah. it's it's this knowledge and this repetition and this knowing and knowing knowing that when we get into that that circumstance where the stress is high, where we can't see what's going on around us, only what's right in front of us. So how do we respond in this crisis? Right, right, right. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we train people because we're trying to, we're trying to shape them. We're trying to help them to, to be able to have the tools that they need, the, 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 the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the background, the, uh, the experience that they need in order to be able to, uh, so to live a life of faithfulness to Christ in whatever situation they find themselves. And it's it's not it's it's the repetition. Yeah, yeah. It's seeing it over maybe even the same thing over and over again. The guy <laughs> the guy that's going in and practicing those entries like that, they do it a hundred times. They right, stop down for a week right. and they'll do it a hundred times during that week yeah, of practice. Yeah, yeah. So that if nothing else, if everything else falls apart. They've still got the train and their mind, the muscle memory, everything will go right back to those those yeah, training moments. Yeah. And that defines the way they react. Well, yeah. and that's that's really something you see in the passage too. I think it's kind mm-hmm. of you kind of see yep. both sides of it actually, because Paul tells Timothy to continue in right, what you've learned. Right. Continue in how I've taught you and remember what you've learned in the ancient, you know, scriptures. But then earlier, I think it's verse seven, the people you're supposed to avoid, they're they're continually learning but never arriving with the knowledge of the truth. Right. Never actually exactly. yeah. get there. And, and we're going to keep learning no matter what, I think, all of our all of our lives. So there's something that's going to be shaping us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. Well, and I think I think really this is this is kind of defining what it is we're wanting to do with this whole podcast. Mm. You know, that everything that we're we're gonna be talking about, everything that we're gonna be doing as we as we sit down and just have these conversations are about trying to f- take ways that uh, uh, that we can be the most effective at uh, helping people to engage with Scripture in a way that that transforms their lives in in a way that helps them to continue this this growth of presenting themselves to Christ, living in relationship to Him, walking with Him, um, and and some of that just means that as teachers we we have to have a really clear understanding of what we're looking at when we're looking at the Word of God, what we're looking at as we're reading a passage, how to how to understand and interpret it so that we're faithful in the way that we help people to grow and and experience that. I want to give a, an insight from the Old Testament, which is really the, the first <laughs> testament. You know, it's we, we got to give it its due here. Um, and Deuteronomy 6, now this is one of my key passages in the entire Bible. I love this passage. It's the one you shall love the Lord. You know, uh, Yahweh our God is our one and only God. Mm-hmm. And you shall love the Lord. On that basis, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, we get down to near the end of the passage. And when uh, he, he's talking about how the parents are supposed to teach. And, and listen, it's in 620, begins in... Verse 20, it says, when your son asks you in the future, 
What is the meaning of the decree, statutes, and orders? In other words, the laws. Mm-hmm. What, what's all this about? How often do you hear, I don't like all the things that Christianity says you can't mm-hmm. do? Right. But natural response. So what is the meaning of the decree, statutes, ordinances, which the Lord your God has commanded you? Tell him this. He doesn't go into philosophical discussion. He doesn't go into a primarily theological. He goes into history. He says, um, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand. And before our eyes, the Lord inflicted great and devastating signs and wonders on Egypt, on Pharaoh and all his household. But he brought us from there in order to lead us in and give us the land he swore to our forefathers. Mm -hmm. The Lord commanded us to follow these statutes and to fear the Lord our God. Why? For our prosperity always and for our preservation, even as it is today. Now listen, righteousness will be ours if we are careful to follow every one of these commands before the Lord our God. Look, we tend to want to say, oh, we're okay if we're obeying all of these things. Look, there's got to be some motive there mm-hmm. besides just the, the written words that are printed on the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments on our walls. It's, it's saying, no, think back on what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the kind of God we want to emulate. Mm-hmm. This is why we're teaching. Yeah. We're not teaching to point to the commandments. We're pointing to the God who gave the commandments. Yeah. That's where it coheres. That's where it holds together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been reading this devotional by uh, by Martin Luther. You know, it's obviously not in German because I don't have any German. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I've been surprised at how often... Luther talks about, just emphasizes over and over and over again that our, our, our relationship with God, our salvation, all is a matter of faith. And in a devotion I was reading the other day, it says, he says that, that faith always precedes good works. He said, people want to look at our good works and say, oh, isn't that a good person? That's, you know, yeah. and he says, nobody ever looks at our faith and says, gosh, they are so faithful in the middle of things. <laughs> but he said, good works are really not that important hmm. unless I'm doing them with the right kind of motivation that if my if my good works are growing out of my confidence, my faith, my trust, my my hmm. my cleaving to Jesus, then uh, then good works mean something. Other than that, really don't mean that much in the Christian yeah. life. And that's that's sort of an interesting perspective. Do you do you think we tend to teach as if the Bible is a how-to book, rather rather and and. You know, maybe I'm waxing a little existential here. I don't know, but it seems to me. <laughs> this that, is the episode to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just seems to me that the Bible is simply more than a how-to book. Yeah. It, it's not It's not how to win and influence people. Right. It, it's a book that, number one, at its heart is to introduce us to the God, the creator of yeah. this universe. Um, and it's not intended that it should be somebody else's responsibility to communicate the solid principles we live by. It's been made available to us, to each individual, so that they can go and they can encounter. We teach to enable, to uh, empower, um, to give give people the tools they need to be able to go and suss this out for their own lives. Yeah, 
Man, I think some of the worst teaching I did, especially in my younger years when I was starting out as a Bible teacher, I think some of the worst teaching that I've done has been uh, has come from from just sort of misunderstanding what the intention of Scripture is. You know yeah. that I've I've tended to use it as a rule book, or I've tended to use it as a uh, um, a, a, as a, as a book that sort of helps me to. Uh, be able to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. And, and, and I, I just, I think that real teaching comes from the kind of understanding of scripture that you're talking about, that, mm. that we're getting to know the living God and that it's that that really ultimately makes a yeah. big difference. For us. Now I do, one more, I got to say this, I don't want this to be a thing. Well, I read it and boom, I understand it all. I've got sure. all I need. Yeah, of course. Look, there are parameters. This 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 book was, and this is another episode, right? This book was written to in a certain language within a certain culture, right. cultural mindset with particular people and issues in mind. And in order for us to truly understand how it applies to us, we got to understand how it was applied, how it was understood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And originally, yeah. Because that's where the authority. That's where it was. That's where it was inspired. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we need to teach those as well. But there is this other side of this where, man, there is an individual, personal, unique encounter with God that we find through Scripture. Yeah. And I don't want to disqualify that, but I don't want to make—I certainly don't think that individual encounter is authoritative for everyone that reads it. Yeah. Right. I think the first way where you're understanding in its original context, when you're teaching in a class— so, but uh, then that's that's how you approach it. That's where the authority lies. But the insight that you gain can be shared and communicated in in, in significant ways. We just need to understand the difference in authority between the two. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing you said earlier about you know that we maybe teach the Bible as a how to. I, you know, I think that's interesting, and my suspicion is you're probably right that that is how it's often taught. But I think one of the big distinctions we have to we have to think of there are books that are good how-to books. Yeah. And you can learn how to do something and then share it. And maybe those things you keep learning on, but I think for sure like certainly in the Bible you never stop learning. Right. Like and I think that's something that we should probably be aware of for Bible teachers. Like yeah. good Bible teacher is always going to be a good Bible learner. Sure. Too because you have to really dig deep to get into those things like you were saying, to try to f figure out, you know, what it meant to the original audience and the original author. And then there's also this element of just kind of abiding in it and digging deep yeah, and trying yeah, to yeah. really consider, you know, this verse in the context of this chapter and kind of reread this again. And w what's happening historically right now? Like, wh why is this happening? All these things can really um, enrich something. And that's not something you're really going to get reading one time through. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, and I think I think it's important to say too because I, we don't know who all our listeners are, but I think it's important too that if you're, you know, listen to this podcast and you're just starting to teach the Bible and you're just starting to try to put the pieces together, you know, that that not to be afraid right. that you're you're not yeah. going to get everything, you know, that you're not going to understand the full depth of everything it, because we continue to grow and we continue yeah. to change, but but the call I think uh, of 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 God is is for us as we're called to teach to to faithfully teach what He's teaching us what we've learned from Scripture. You know, I, that, um, 
Galatee, I think in one of his books yeah. on discipleship, is talking with a, a young leader and, and he, you know, the young leader is like, you know, I think I'd like to maybe be a teacher someday. And he says, oh, okay, well, how much of the Bible do you know? And he says, well, I've read the book of Matthew. And he says, okay, well, you can teach these guys over here because they've never read any of the Bible. So yeah. <laughs> the fact that you have read through the book of Matthew makes you a good teacher for them. You yeah. know, you can start with that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, don't, I don't mean to make light of that, but I, but yeah. I do think that the learning process is going to continue to help us to get richer and richer and richer in our teaching. Man, there was one old saint at, at the, the church. He's gone now, but one old saint at the church uh, named Bob Barnes that uh, that I was at before that, uh, man, he, he taught this Bible study class mostly for senior adults. And he sat in his class. I sat in a couple of times and listened to him teach. And he, he just taught with such a sense of wisdom from just being a lay person that had soaked his life in scripture for mm. years and years and years. And so at, at uh, nearly 80, you know, he's teaching with this position of humility, but also with mm. uh, a deep understanding of scripture. Uh, but that, that doesn't come with, you know, I've read the book of Matthew. Now I've got yeah, the whole right. Bible, you know? Right. And, and you know, you, I, I, I always run at the risk of overstating things. I, the Bible does give us how to. Yeah. It does. And it's important for us to do how to. I think the problem I want to emphasize is that when we, we spend all our time, uh, we read a passage and we spend five minutes talking about it, and then we spend the balance of our time talking about the how-to, and it was, we're leaving our base of authority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our authority does not reside in the application. Yeah. The authority lies in the biblical text that yeah. was delivered to us, and that's what I want to emphasize. Sure, you know? yeah, which is not to say that, that application is unimportant. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. but, that, uh, but that, that we can't apply what we don't understand. In a time... At least we can't apply it faithfully. <laughs> in a time when we're seeing uh, very clear... Uh, statement, even by evangelicals, that the Bible is not the authoritative Word of God, that uh, yeah. it's it's not completely trustworthy, that it's just stories and so forth. That's disturbing to me. Yeah. And I think I think we can arguably make the, make the argument that part of that is that when people stand up and they spend more time giving their application authority and trying to get that, when people encounter difficulties with that authority, with that application, and they say, yeah, well, that's not working here. What are they doing to the authority? Mm. Well, mm. if this is God's Word, if this yeah. is where God's yeah. Word is focused in this application, why do I need this? Yeah, yeah. Right? And if this is untrustworthy and it's based on this, how can I trust this? Mm. How can I trust the Word? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's not a—I just didn't mean to overstate, but, yeah. but yeah. I want us to realize where the authority in what we preach and teach resides. Yeah. Well, and we'll have a lot of episodes to to, to yeah. sort of unpack some of these ideas, I think. But uh, but just really wanting in in this podcast, I think Tyler to to try to help um, people who are teaching the Bible, you know, especially those that are teaching week by week, um, that want to grow in their understanding of Scripture, that want to grow in their application of Scripture to people's lives, that want to grow in how to teach well. Gosh, we're hoping that this is going to be useful yeah. for them. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something. When we get back to that original question of why do we teach the Bible, if we could try to kind of put a pin on that or kind of summarize that, I mean, we had a lot of uh, a lot of topics we kind of hit and went through. But one thing you said, Dr. Kelly, is that you you can't apply it if you can't understand it. Or you can't apply it well if you can't 
understand it. Is that getting to a short answer to that question of why do we teach the Bible? I, I, I think that's definitely. That I think that's definitely a big chunk of it. Yeah. You know, I I think I think there are a lot of a lot of answers that we could yeah. give to the question that we've posed posed this time, and I think you know, uh, Greg's talked about about several of those things in terms yeah, understanding of understanding authority. Yeah, and that's another yeah. I think big one too. But I I think you know I I think that in a, in a world where we're dealing with all of these competing ways of understanding who or what God is, uh, of understanding um, who who we really are, you know, as people. You know, did we evolve from pond scum, or did we, you know, uh, were we uniquely created, or or you know, or or even you know, to to look back at some of the things that. Rousseau said, uh, you know, are we the savage, you know, yeah. uh, the, the, the noble savage? Well, you, you are. Know. <laughs> but I, I just I think that in a world where there are so many competing notions that shape the way that we live our lives. I mean, the notions that we take in a lot of ways can kind of shape how we approach God and what we how we approach life that I think that giving folks clarity on what God has to say about that is hugely important. And I don't think that we can assume that people are just gonna pick that up from a once a week sermon or from a, uh, or mm. from a, uh, yeah. a, 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 a yeah. just living their lives around church people. I think that, that those are the kinds of things that need um, teaching and mm. that the teaching has to come from a reliable source and the only really reliable source that we have yeah. is the Bible yeah. by who, the power of the spirit. And who, who gave it? I mean, mm. and, and again, why do we teach? We teach to point to this creator mm-hmm. who despite our rebellion loves us mm-hmm. and has done everything necessary mm. For us to be reconciled with him. He created us for fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and in, in lot of that, why wouldn't a God who loves us that much give us something that would help direct us so that we can yeah. in some and, and I'll go ahead and use the word objective in some objective way understand who he is and what his purposes are for yeah. us. Mm. That's good. Well, but before I spin our wheel of um Torture? Yeah, our Sunday school age groups. I have have a little bit more specific of a question Hmm. I want to ask you to prepare for this group. So here's the scenario. You're you're walking into a new Sunday school class. It's your first time in there. You're teaching it. And you're kind of having to explain the same topic. Like maybe that's your first lesson. Why are we even in here? Why do we teach the Hmm. Bible? Why are you in here learning the Bible? So I'm going to spin the wheel, and then I want you guys to answer that question for whatever. You go first. Interesting. You you go first. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. The college. The college college class. That is good. That is good. So how do we walk? We walk into a a group of college students. Why are we going to tell them that they need? I'm thinking, you know, in college, you know, you guys are studying all 
kinds of, of, of things, philosophy and as well as mathematics and science, as, as well as literature. You're studying all kinds of things and you know the breadth of knowledge, but what's, what's going to pull that together into something that gives you an understanding of what life really is? Mm. What's going to help you to understand how all of these things that you're studying have meaning in your life? Um, guys, if I live my life just in service to myself, I end up broken and poor and lost. And, you know, and gosh, you know, we can point you to the people that have made lots of money that end up suiciding or, or the people who have uh, who have done, you know, incredible kinds of things that end up depressed and lonely. You know, what was who is the artist that that the Spanish artist that cut his cut his own ear off? Oh, you know? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's no. just like an amazing talent yeah. that he does. it. How do we develop a sense of unique purpose to our lives, a focus to who we are, we only find that when we get to know God and the mm. way that we get to know God is through his word, maybe mm. something like that. Mm. I think I think one of the first things I was asked is, so what do you believe? Mm. That's good. And then why? Yeah, mm. that's good. They don't know what to believe. Yeah. And and the way social media, I mean, as, as many positive things as it can have, one of the things that's confused every issue. It's it's just there. There's so much to know, so much many competing claims to believe out yeah, there, yeah. and and then I think I was just so all right. Let's 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 back up a second. What is the one thing, one consistent thing in life in this world you can point to? Mm. And eventually, you know, you get to eventually you get around and say it's brokenness. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. What is the one thing? That that all of this stuff points to it revolves around the prep. What is, it's got to be brokenness. Yeah, that's so good. So how do we fix that? Yeah, so good. And once you start getting answers to how we can fix that, boy, you've opened up yeah. your entree of the gospel. That's so good. Yeah, that's really good. This is a big question, um, but I think uh, I think we really explored this uh, really well. So I'm glad we we talked about this. And uh, I guess for our for our listeners. Um, I would encourage them to do the same thing, kind of ruminate on that, try yeah. to figure out why why are you teaching the Bible? Make mm-hmm. make sure you you have a good reason um, <laughs> uh, that you're not just doing it because someone asked you to do it last week or 20 years ago or whatever it is, but you're 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 really trying to give people an encounter, you know, mm-hmm. with the living God. All right, thank you so much, guys. Mm-hmm.